There's a story inside every smoke shop, with every cigar, and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle at Boveda. This is Box Press. Welcome to another episode of Box Press. I'm your host, Rob Gagne. We are at the 2022 PCA Trade Show. There is music going on. There are people around. We are back at it, folks. It feels so good to be here, Eric. This is your first year here. Thank you so much for sitting down and joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. I really Dude, appreciate it. As So last year you came, but you just walked the show floor. Yeah. But now, a, a having a booth, does it feel different? Yeah, I mean, it's it's similar to TPE, just TPE on steroids. Right. You know, uh, I was just telling some people that were already uh, came by. I was like, you know, in the first two hours of being here, I think I've already sold more than I did the whole time at TPE. So, wow. Yeah, like we, we. And we literally just opened today. Yeah. Like three oh, hours yeah. ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. So. I was like, if this how the rest of the, if this, if this is indicative of how the rest of the show is going to be, are we going to sell everything? That's awesome. Yeah. So if you sell everything, are you going to keep taking orders? Um, well, we probably have to to get the back orders in so people can get in yeah. line for the next. You got to know the demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so on high know. demand. Black Starline. Why the name Black Starline? So Black Starline is Marcus Garvey Shipping Company. So his idea was to ship people and goods back to Africa. So he was buying dilapidated ships, so they, he couldn't make it that far. So he made it to the islands like Bahamas, Turks and Caicos, that type of thing. So I just wanted to pay homage to him because a lot of people know about like Martin Luther King or Malcolm X. A lot of people don't know who Mal Marcus Garvey is. No. So I decided to pay homage to him. And I'm, I'm really huge on history and ancestors. Because if it wasn't for, for the people that came before us, none of us would be here. Exactly. So I'm just trying to keep keep names alive. And, and don't you have like six masters in all sorts of different areas? <laughs> <laughs> I have an MBA in finance. Uh, I have a uh, master's in public health, and I'm halfway through law school. Yeah. Okay, so of all those, mm. which one is the hardest schooling? Law school. Law school? Yeah, it's very study Why? intensive. Uh, a lot of reading, a lot, a lot of time reading yeah. and understanding the law, interpreting the law. So, yeah, it's very time consuming. I think that's sometimes just bullshit because you guys just need to rack up that bill. And you're like, no, no, it takes a long time. I swear, I'm still digging through some files. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. It I is. Mean, that's some people's hustle, though. Yeah. You have to, not only do you have to understand the law, then you have to go out and comb through cases yep. that might help your, you know, stance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you look for other cases that support what you're trying to and do. And you're learning right now how to probably do all that. Uh, I'm not going back to law school. I was halfway through. Uh, I, to be honest with you, I don't have the attention span anymore. So you're kind of, you're not going to finish law school? Nah, I'm done. Nah, I'm done. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I've when had did it. you make this decision? When I went to fire academy. That's the reason why I left uh, law school. I, I went to the fire academy. I'm, I'm a retired Chicago firefighter. So. Oh, so that was a long time ago? Well, I, I started a uh, firefighter at 37. I'm, I'm 45 now. So, okay. Yeah, I got injured on the job, and that's why I'm not a firefighter anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, my labrum was torn really bad in my hip. And it, I actually had to go through four different doctors just to find one that was confident enough to repair it. Was it? That, how did you tear the ligament? I was, I was extricating the kid out of a car. And when I popped the door open, I slipped, and one leg went one way, and one went the other. Was it in the winter time? Is that yeah. why you slipped? Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome and to Chicago, right? Yeah, and I heard a pop, and 
and then the next That's thing I knew, it. I had to get in the ambulance. So now, now there's two people that need help. It's you, and, <laughs> yeah. or, or did you just like get back up and go back to doing? I got your back job? up, but you know, I, I wouldn't. We already got the kid out, so right. once I popped the door, and then I popped my back because I, I herniated the disc in my lower back at the same time. Oh, so yeah, it was of, of the yeah, disjointment. It, it was bad, bro. Oh. Yeah, it was bad. So. so not so all the hard work that goes into being a firefighter, and then to have one flash second that takes all of that away yeah was there was there a little bit of grieving that you went through when you couldn't come back to the job i'm always grieving it. i, I miss my guys you're that, still grieving it yeah that's you know at the firehouse we're family it's I like, know. You know we're going to war together and, and i've been to a lot of fires so you know I'm, i miss my guys i miss you know we we talk about each other all the time in the firehouse we sit in the in the kitchen smoking cigars you know while we're cooking and watching tv you know, that was our pastime in the, in the firehouse. Did you live at the firehouse? Yeah, we, we stayed there for 24 hours. Oh, when you're on call, you're yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. It's 24 hours on, 48 off. So I only okay. work 85 days a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about firefighters and their schedule. And I'm sure it's all different all across the nation. Yeah, it depends on where you are. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit of a grieving process, but you still yeah. keep in touch with those guys. Of course. Yeah, they're family. They want me to come back, but I, physically, I, I don't think I could do it. Right. Because I, you know, I'm, I'm able to work out some, but I can't put a hundred pounds worth of, of equipment on and go right. be on somebody's roof in the middle of winter, cutting a hole in their roof. And I, that physically, I don't think I can handle it. Right. It's a, it's a young person's job, and I'm gonna let the younger guys come in because being a firefighter in Chicago is like hitting the lottery. When they when they have the test for uh, Chicago Fire Department, literally thousands of people come out and take that test from all over the nation. Because you, you work in 85 days a year, you make six figures. So, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, they, they literally say it's like when you, if you it's get the job. It's hard work, though. Yeah, you, you like hitting the lottery. But, yeah, yeah, if you, when we're not working, it's not hard. But when we go to work, oh, we're going to work. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why there's probably that un, united front. It's, all, you know, like military or anything. It's yeah. like you have somebody's back and you have, yep. you're looking out for them. They're looking out for you. Yep. And you have a mission. Yep. Everybody wants to go home. That's the mission. Right. Mm-hmm. Were there ever any moments where somebody didn't go home that you were close to? Yeah, there's, uh, there's been firefighters that drowned. They're on the scuba team to drown. Uh, I've known firefighters to fall through roofs and die. I've known some that fell off the roof and died. So, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's tough, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being a firefighter. I mean, not yeah. everyone, like you said, not everyone can do all that physical labor. Right. Then the emotional part of it, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a lot there. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you, you know, you still stay connected with those guys because <laughs> yeah. how much of like your identity is wrapped, like you're, you're releasing your own cigar line. Your identity is so interwoven yeah. into this cigar brand, but th- the same thing could be said for a job like being a firefighter yeah. or anything like that. So when you lose that identity, when you couldn't be a firefighter anymore, what did you turn to to regain some identity well you know being a firefighter like we, we already discussed is a lot of hard work and, and you know being thorough about what you're doing so all i did was took all those principles that i learned from being a firefighter and i, and I put it right into cigars so yeah. so I, I put all my intensive work into the cigars into the leaf into the blends that i do uh traveling around doing the events that i do you know so i but, just make sure i keep using the skills I learned. What made you think of pivoting from being a fight? Cause there's that, that break period, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm a firefighter. Now I have to go out 
and recreate an identity in yeah. cigars. Yeah. What made you think, oh yeah, I can take that on? Cause that's no small feat, man. <laughs> You're yeah. still working that. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. still going. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I actually started the line while I was still a firefighter. So. Uh, okay, so you had already. Yeah, I had already started it. Launched yeah. the line. Yeah. And I got hurt and then. But still, you have a dual mm-hmm. identity then. Mm-hmm. You're a firefighter and you're you're trying to do your cigar thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So once it became, once you got injured, you you felt like the transition was easy and you're like, okay, now I can focus all my time on yeah, cigars. Yeah, because I wasn't going to work. I was just going to doctor's appointments. And then once I had my surgery, I had to relearn how to walk. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, because I was, I was off my feet for a long time. And it was, you know, it was right during COVID. So the cigar line was going crazy online because during COVID, everybody was at home smoking and drinking. So luckily, my wife, she took over all the shipping for me. And it was like crazy packages going out, at least 20 packages a day of cigars going out a day. And she literally packaged them all up, put the addresses on all of them every day. Does she have a full-time job too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah she's so she's doing a full-time job. Then she's, and she's running doing my fulfillment work too. Mm-hmm. for Black Star Line. Yeah. And you're trying to recover. Yeah, and I'm laying on the couch looking like a fool. And how many kids do you have? <laughs> two. My yeah, son two is 24, kids. and then my daughter is eight. Oh, okay. So yeah. a little, they're a little more independent. Yeah. So you don't have, like, you know, mm. to manage the house from that level. But still, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So during that time period, were there conflicts that happened between you and your wife that you were like, this is only due to the added stress? And how did you work around them? No, no conflicts because I'm not a fool. Um, you know, she's doing all my work. Oh, I'm going to be quiet as a church mouse. Yeah, Because right. she could easily say, oh, I'm not shipping any of this out. <laughs> yeah, so right. I needed her to do the work, so I, I kept my mouth shut and let, and I let her do her thing. She did a great job. And now, help out where you can. Right. Now, when I, when I was able to get up and walk, she sure stopped doing it and <laughs> yeah. let me do it. Dude. You're back. Right. Yep. It's like a- but when she knew... Because I, I started walking earlier than what I was supposed to. Like, I, I wouldn't take my crutches. I was being real hard-headed. But when she knew I was able to limp my, myself to, to my man cave so I can go out and smoke, she was like, oh, yeah, you're going you gonna, you gonna to do some work now. If you, if you can walk out there to smoke, oh, yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to package some packages. So If you can walk mm-hmm. to smoke, you're working. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. She knew that was the indicator. Here oh, we yeah. go. Oh, yeah. And the motivation, I'm sure, for you was like, I got to get out there. to have yeah. it. How long did you go without a cigar, by the way? Woo. A month and a half, maybe. Sure. It was tough. But, you know, I had, I had to make sure I was able to walk because I knew if I fell or something, you know, it was, was going to be bad. So yeah. I, was, I was real careful Take about it. Take the time yeah. to do it right the first time. Mm-hmm. I hate doing stuff twice. So. Yeah. Just oh, do yeah. it right the first time. Yeah, because I do not want another surgery on my hip. No. no. Mm-hmm. Well, with all that education, looking back on it now, mm-hmm. and you have kids, is there anything that you would tell somebody who's thinking about going into advanced education? What's kind of like the Eric rule book of you should definitely do these top things? if you're planning on doing some advanced education? Mm. Well, I guess the best advice I will give is, is get a degree that's actually gonna earn you some, some more money. You know, cause some people take degrees and they just they do nothing with so them. So pick one that has a good return on investment. Mm, that's kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah, like, yeah, don't, yeah. 
don't go and be a, a, a crazy philosopher that you can't find a job for, right? <laughs> right, right. Like, let's, let's think about this. Why are we going to school right. to make money so that we can be successful? Yeah, whatever, whatever you pick, it's got to boost your income in some form or fashion. Like my MBA in finance, when I got that, I was actually a licensed banker for Chase. So I had a Series 663 in life insurance, right, licenses. And I got the MBA in finance, and I wanted to go into the investment bank, but Chase told me that my degree, my advanced degree didn't mean anything. And I was like, oh, it means a lot. It means I'm going to go get a different job. <laughs> and then yeah. that's when it I became It may not a, mean anything to you, right. but over here it does. But Eli Lilly found a, a, a use for it, and that's when I went and became a pharmaceutical sales rep. So, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I've had some good jobs over, over, my, really? over, my, over my lifespan. Did you like doing pharmaceutical sales? Oh, it was great, bro. Really? I, I worked three hours a day. Three so, hours a day? Yeah, I go flirt with the nurses. and <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was in the diabetes division, so I was one of the top sales reps in the division. I, like, I won trips to Miami and stuff like that. I was great. It was just they, they transferred me to osteoporosis, okay. and then I had to switch to a totally different territory, and I didn't like the territory. I didn't like the medicines I was selling. I wasn't passionate about it. And then that's when I decided to go to law school. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you didn't finish because you went into fire school. Yeah. What even drew you into the fire academy? Uh, my father inter- uh, encouraged me to take the test. So, but it had been so long since I had taken the test, I actually forgot I took it. Because was he a firefighter? No, my dad was an educator. He retired as a principal of a. So of then, a high why school. was he telling you to take the test? He knew it was a great job. Okay. Yeah, and it was it's a stable job, and it just paid from well. an economic standpoint, yeah. he was like, "Yeah, you should try this." Yeah, and that's why I decided to go to the fire academy because there's a lot of broke lawyers out there. But <laughs> I've never really seen a broke firefighter yet. You <laughs> Pro know? bono law work is uh, yeah. not And then the very other profitable. thing is the age cutoff for a firefighter in Chicago is 38. When they invited me to come to the academy, I was 37. So it was either take the job or never take it. So I always yeah. knew I could go back to law school, but if I didn't take the job, that was it. So oh, I was like, yeah, I was like, I got, I got to take do, it. Do now or never do. Right. Right. Okay. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life, man. Really? You know, yeah, I've saved lives, uh, saved All property. the jobs, that one's probably the most impactful and why? Yeah, because it's fulfilling. It's fulfilling. fulfilling. I'm actually helping people, you know. And, uh, you know, when, I, when I'm long and gone, people can say, Hey, my granddad was a firefighter, and he's running the fires when people are running out, and he's saving people. And I've won awards for bringing people back from doing CPR on them. You right. know, so yeah, I, I did a lot of good work in Chicago, bro. When you save somebody's life like that, there's no amount of thanks. Right. That there's like no word in the English language. It's almost just like a feeling. Yeah. When you had those moments. Mm-hmm. What was the feeling that you got as the person that got to help that person? Because we can all kind of empathize with the person whose life was saved, right? You know, like that would be amazing. But Mm -hmm. you're experiencing that feeling from them and then you have a feeling. So what is that like? You know, I'm more so happy for the person and their family because I, I, I help give them more time to create more memories with their family and their friends. Well said, man. And that's that's what I'm I'm most concerned about. I you know, if I can help extend somebody's life and I hope one day if I, if something happens to me somebody do the same for me, you know. But that that's is really fulfilling to see to know like hey, I don't know how much longer they got, but they got some more time with their mom or their son or something. Somebody, whoever they care about, they got more time with them. So 
in my past life, I was a funeral director, and oftentimes the area that people had the most difficulty was when somebody gave up on trying to get more time yeah. because it's like a slap in the face that you no longer want to be in this world with me. Yeah. But sometimes people just get tired. Mm-hmm. But it was always sometimes this conflict that I would see sitting across the table from me. Yeah. And I had to help that person get through that. Yeah. Because yeah. at some point, yeah, you can try to get somebody to help extend their life. But at some point, they've been just through the ringer. Yeah, yeah. And they just can't. And that's more with, you know, cancer and all, all those yeah, other yeah. things. But for you to be able to pull somebody away from shortening their life too soon because of just a quick accident. Yeah. And give them that opportunity and then see that response. Right. Yep. Talk about rewarding, like you said. Oh, yeah. Best job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, that's, that's the best job in the world, bro. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So now cigar making is like, you know, that's like chill. That's like <laughs> that's like a pastime. Like, yeah, I'm providing entertainment. Yeah, yeah, for right. people now. <laughs> yeah. Now you're Cedric the Entertainer. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, at this point in your life, mm. Do you like being that entertainer? Yeah, because, I mean, you're, you're providing enjoyment for people for however long they're smoking my cigar. And then if I tell them, hey, this particular spirit goes very well with the cigar and it increases the experience, if I can help somebody relax, because that's also a, a form of, of prolonging somebody's life, too, because some people are so strung up and stressed out and they don't know how to relax and they get a good cigar and a, and a good dram of scotch and they're just relaxing and it, whatever problems or garbage they were dealing with, it just goes away, right. you know, at least temporarily. I'm glad I can provide that too. Yeah. Because like I said, that, that helps to, to extend somebody's life too if you can help somebody relax. Yeah, and just enjoy life. Whether mm-hmm. we're extending it or not, but as long as while we go through life, we're yeah. going through it in the manner that we want to enjoy it in. Yeah. That's key. Oh, yeah. It really sucks not being happy or feeling good or feeling miserable. So when you feel good about what you're doing and how you're doing it, yeah. and if that means smoking a cigar, yeah. more power to you, right? Oh, yeah. Enjoy your life. Live in the moment, right? Yep. Yep, yep. Sometimes we get too worked up about what's coming in the future when really we just need to stop, take a breath, and look at it from a different angle yeah. and enjoy it in a different way. Indeed. I can't remember the name of the movie, but there was a, a movie about a gentleman who was able to relive each day. He was basically a time traveler. He was able to relive each day. Traveler's uh, wife or the traveler's husband or something like that? Uh, so, yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I can't remember it, but it was like an English guy. Okay. And his dad was able to do it. And his dad said, y- what I want you to do for a whole year is go through the day mm. normal. Okay. And then travel back in time and redo the day. But the next time you redo the day, mm. I want you to stop at certain points where you felt stressful or disheartened mm-hmm. and look at it from a different viewpoint of what's around you and yeah. what's actually impacting your life. So he would be running through the subway station mm-hmm. to try to get from one. He was a lawyer try to get from one court case to the next and he would stop all of a sudden and just take a look at the grandness Uh, of the of the train station okay just that brief moment of looking at what beauty what natural beauty is around you yeah changed the way he lived his life okay and then his dad said after a while you won't have to go back in time and relive each day yeah you'll start living each day that way Mm -hmm. it's just 
it's a powerful paradigm to yeah. change somebody's way of living. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. When Only you one. when oh. you're going through your day to day, are you trying to take moments where you're observing the natural beauty of what's going on around you? Yeah, so in my house I like to sit in the front room because I get a lot of natural light coming in there. And I like to just sit there and look outside and apparently I have a a couple of cardinals nests somewhere around my house. So it's just red cardinals around and they come and they sometimes they sit right on my right in front of my front door on on the on their handrail and just sit there and sing or whatever they're doing and I watch squirrels squirrels run around that type of thing. So yeah, I I, I do that. I I wish I could sit in the house and smoke a cigar, but my wife won't let me. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I know but yeah, I, I, I do sit and just watch things and just decompress, that type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Decompress. Mm-hmm. I just, I, every once in a while when I get stressed out, I'm like, I got to remember to just, it's not all bad. It's right. not all crazy. Right, right, right. Or when I'm driving, that's when it happens the most. When I'm like trying to get somewhere quick and I'm like, just, you'll get there when you get there. Right. Yeah. So other than starting... Obviously, all the all the jobs that you've had, and mm. then starting your own cigar line. Mm-hmm. What do you think the next five to ten years looks like for Eric and Black Star Line? Like, where do you want to be in the next five years? Well, definitely for Black Star Line to be bigger, we're looking to get more counts, get more well known, because a lot of people do know about us, and but there's even more that have never even heard heard of me or even know I exist. So, but platforms like this helps to get the name out you know so yeah we're just looking to do uh get more accounts uh grow bigger i want to do more events i want to get out and meet more people that enjoy my cigars and and i want people to actually get to know me as well you know because everybody that knows me knows i'm very approachable yeah and i I love whiskey and i love cigars so i got a lot in common with it with the majority of the country yeah what whiskey are you drinking today Uh, that's michter's uh american whiskey michter's american whiskey yeah is it like a rye whiskey? Is it a, what's like, do you know? I didn't look at the bottle. Okay. Uh, my, my, my buddy Cliff picked it up. I think it's just a straight whiskey. Yeah, it's what, not a rye. I know it's not okay. a rye. What cigar are you smoking with it? Uh, I got my uh, Corojo 99. It's El Milagro. And yeah. that goes well with it? It's the first time I've had the two together. Okay. And I actually haven't been paying, to, paying attention to it enough to see. I, like, they, they don't taste terrible together. But I really need to sit down and like kind of pay attention to the notes in each one. Um, they're not one's not overriding the other, so that's that's a, a good start to the pairing, you know. Right. But I got to see if the notes actually match up. The actual pairing for the cigar that I'm smoking is is Port Charlotte 10 by Brook Lottie, because it has a. That's what you would pair with that. Yeah, cigar. that's that's my recommended pairing for the cigar. What is the name of it again? Port Charlotte 10. It's, it's made by Brook Lottie. It's a Scotch. Scotch. Yeah, so it's slightly peaty. It's, it's, it's sort of the same level peatiness as uh, Lagavulin 16. Okay. Yeah. So the peat really plays on what in the cigar? The peat helps to bring out more of the uh, the earth notes in, in this cigar. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm smoking the Habano. Yeah, that's El Milagro, the Sun Grown Habano. And what would you pair with this? Now, the pairing for that one is Brook Lottie Classic Lottie. And same it, company. Right. But just a different blend. Yeah. So, Brook Lottie is probably my favorite distillery out of any Scotch company. What? Like, their they're dram, they could do no wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. And I've had damn near all of them, and they're fantastic, bro. Nice. Yeah. So, that's kind of your coveted place to go yeah. and get a good Scotch. Yeah, yeah. Do they make whiskey, too? No, just Scotch. Just Scotch, okay. 
do you like other spirits with your cigars, or are you mainly just yeah. on the scotch and whiskey side? Um, I drink bourbon. Uh, not as much as scotch, but I do drink bourbon. Um, I like Eagles Rare, you know, um, um, Wild Turkey uh, Rare Breed. Is okay. Good. Um, and then I, I'd be wrong if I if I didn't mention Boofy's uh, Boofy's Gin. I love I love his gin. His gin actually pairs really well with my Dark Woolwich. That's Math Booth. Yeah, yeah. Room one hundred and one for yep. those out there. Yeah, the Room one hundred and one gin. Yep. So when he said he was doing gin for a cigar pairing, I thought he was nuts because I was like. How that's like a lot of herbs mixed with a lot of dry leaves, yeah. which are technically herbs. Yeah. And it's just like a a lot yeah. of you know banging heads together. Well, my what dark is it about his that doesn't you know make it contrast? Well, it's I haven't I haven't had a lot of gin because I just don't like it. Right. But it was it's hard for me to describe. It's it's different. It's got different notes in it than compared to say like a Bombay or sure. Uh, was it Beef Eater? Or, mm-hmm. I think it's called. Um, his gin paired with my Dark Wars, it brings out. See, Dark Wars has floral notes in it already, so the gin floral notes. Yeah, in yeah. the Dark Warwitch. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it goes really well with a florally. Yeah, Boofy's gin, gin in particular helps to bring out the floral notes in my cigar even more, and they go they go really well together. That's awesome. Yeah, and I do was, you have all of this on your website? Um, not the pairings. I need to put I'm them gonna on there. I'm going to challenge you to get that up because I think our viewers would benefit from that. Yeah, yeah, I need to put it up. A there. help a helpful guide to getting a good experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, not coming from a family of cigar makers or anything like nope. that. How did you build your palate in order to be able to taste cigars better? Did you have to work hard at it, or was it something that just always came to you naturally? Well, I'm the type of guy when I like something, I dive head first into it. So when I started smoking cigars, I just really dug in. But how I built my palate is I never smoked the same thing. Like I don't, I don't even smoke my own cigars a whole lot. Because I feel if you keep smoking the same stuff over and over again, all you're doing is you're trapping your palate. Really? But Yeah. So when you're smoking different tobaccos and different blends, you keep exercising your palate. And that's what keeps getting to, you're making your palate stronger. and You can taste more things. And then also you have to, you have to retrohale the cigars too. Because when you oh, engage yeah. all your senses, then you can really taste everything. So I made sure I learned how to retrohale really good. It was a lot of trial and error because sometimes the smoke went down the wrong way and I paid for it. But once I learned how to retrohale really good, that's when I was like, wow, you could really taste everything in that cigar, you know. Yeah. And then, like I said, I, in my personal collections, I could smoke three cigars a day for two weeks and not smoke the same brand, you know, because I buy a lot of cigars for myself because I like to know what everybody's doing. Right. You know, I so, like the constant trying new things. Yeah. But I'm also a fan of buying a whole box of a cigar because I really like that cigar. I do that too. Okay. Yeah. So you're not saying like, hey, you're just saying don't be pigeonholed into like one thing. Like, yeah. I only smoke Connecticut's and that's right. it. Like, try everything, see what yeah. you like. Or you run into the guys that say, oh, yeah, all I smoke is Cubans. All right. So you're missing out on a whole bunch of different right. tobacco. And you don't, you, you really don't understand. Right. You know, your, your palate is just geared towards just Cuban tobacco, where there's a bunch of tobacco that you will enjoy, but you're not giving it a try. Right. 
So. And my biggest thing that helps me actually get flavor, I'm not good at like knowing what that flavor is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how people can like peg it at like, oh, that's cinnamon. That's this. That's this. Yeah. I'm more like, I don't know, but I like it. Yeah. But the thing that helps me get the right flavor, well, one, humidity, let's, that's fine. That's yeah. on the table. That's what we do. But controlling the temperature of the burn. Yeah. So long, slow draws. Yeah. And then holding that smoke in my mouth for about three seconds. Yeah, yeah. Because if you let it all out, none of the oils and sugars stick to your palate. So right, I right. like, it looks weird, but you, I learned how to smoke differently yeah. So I could actually enjoy the flavors that that cigar was delivering. Well, you learn how to slow down and smoke. Right. Because if you're smoking too fast, that's when the cigar gets really hot and it burns faster. And then you're, you're not getting the full experience out of the cigar because you smoked it too fast. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. This cigar is really tasty. It's got a yeah, sweet. But more on, like, the honey side sweet or, or and, and kind of like with a little bit of like either molasses or syrup like yeah yeah like, that's why like the, the, the classic lottie goes well with it because classic lottie has a lot of fruit notes in there it's not peaty at all yeah yeah it's it's a it's a non-peated scotch and it has the fruit so notes in there caramel and that type of thing and it, and it complements that cigar very well really well mm-hmm. really well done thank you and agonorse is making all your stuff yep so that's just phenomenal and I am going back to El Titan. I do have a blend through them. Right. I just haven't put it in you the production You started at yet. El Titan de Bronze, yep. which sources a lot of their tobacco from Aganorsa, yep. so it's not very far from home. Yeah. But then you went to Aganorsa. But overall, through the whole experience, you're blending amazing cigars. Thank you. Is that coming from you, or is that coming from a lot of direction over at El Titan de Bronze? No, I, I, I gave directions. All the directions are coming from me. So How hard is it to figure out how to put the whole thing together? How long does um, it take you to make one, like, one brand new blend? Are you like, or is it like writing a song? It's like, oh, that one yeah. took, you know, five minutes, and that one, that one, that was a couple-week <laughs> project, man. Yeah. Um, I would say roughly about six months, maybe. Uh, six minutes? Six months. Six months. Yeah, six oh, months. When you yeah. said six minutes, I was like, oh, we got I'd a savant be, I, yeah, over yeah, here. I'd be amazing <laughs> if I could do that. <laughs> yeah, He's yeah, just pumping them out over here. Yeah, yeah. I'd, shit, I'd have a whole catalog worth of stuff. So six, six months to actually kind of get it. And yeah. are there any of these projects, these blending projects, like songs that you've just said, I can't deal with that anymore. I'm all, I, I'm stuck. I'm at a plateau. I can't move it along and I'm going to shelve that. Yeah. Or have you been able to get through all of your projects? Oh no, I've 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 scrapped a, a bunch of samples. Yeah, that and I'm is. not just talking about scrapping mm. samples, mm. but I'm talking about like you're like I want to launch a Habano cigar, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do it. Or is there every once in a while where you're like, I just can't figure out how to make this better, so I got to table it. Yeah, it happens all the time. Really? Yeah, it happens all the time. When I hear that. I hear music to my ears because that means there's more creativity oh, yeah. that you're going to be able to get to do later on mm-hmm. that I'll get to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually a good thing in my in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I, know if you see it that way or if you kind of yeah. see it as like a waste of time. No. I, it, it's a, if, I, if, I, if I'm not getting the blend right and I'm having other people smoking and they're agreeing with me, then... You know, I'll just, I'll just table it and keep thinking about it like, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll change the binder or... 
maybe I'll take a little Lijero out. Maybe that'll, you know, maybe the Lijero, the power is, is overpowering the, the notes of the other leaves in there. You know? Do you have a mentor that you're asking those questions to? Like, if you get stuck, are you like, hey, man, I'm getting stuck here. What what do I need to do? Sean like, Williams. John Williams? Yeah, yeah, Sean Williams. Sean Williams. Yeah, Sean Williams from okay. Cohiba. Yeah. So if you're stuck, you're like, that's the first person you call? One of them, yeah. I'll that's talk awesome. to Terrence, too. Terrence yeah. knows the tobacco. Right. He also knows khakis, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's Jake from State Farm. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. When, some, when I, I asked somebody, who's the biggest part of you in the business? And they said, Terrence Riley. I said, you got to be kidding me because that – that guy doesn't look like he can party hard. He wears a polo and Dockers yeah. every day. We we were we ran into each other in Denver and we were hanging out at uh, at Eric's uh, Eric and Jordan's house, the Cigar Dojo guys. And uh, yeah, I didn't know he could put back as much whiskey as he did. <laughs> we were we were throwing back whiskey all night. He's got an empty leg. Yeah, you yeah. just keep. Yeah, keep you know he's a skinny in. guy, so all the liquor goes to his feet. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. He's very tall. Yeah. And you're a tall guy. Yeah, six feet. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I prefer six, you know, five twelve. Mm-hmm. Prefer that terminology, <laughs> but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, other than what you got going on, are there some projects that you can kind of leak right now? Not necessarily what they are, but that you're working on them yeah. and how they're inspiring you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm working with a blend that, that I'm utilizing a Crowho 2012 wrapper. So uh, is that something new? On the market, yeah. like not a lot of people working with Crow 2012. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's a that's a a leaf from Agonorsa Leaf, and they they're starting to put it more in production because they were using Crow 99. So the the current Crow I have are Crow 99. So and the when Crow we 2012. say this, we say the seed varietal that they're using. Mm-hmm. It's just for people out there, it's not that the tobacco comes from 1999. Right. It's the varietal. Right. So what Agonorsa is doing is they're playing with the seeds to create new mm-hmm. new seed varietals. That will do new, different flavors, possibly, right. or enhance certain flavors. Right. And what particular on this varietal, Corojo 20, what is it? 2012. 2012. Mm-hmm. What particular flavor are you liking out of this that you really, that's like really inspiring the blend? It's got a, a nutty uh, taste to it. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's creamy, you know. So I've only smoked one of the samples, so I haven't dug in it into it as much as I like because I was too busy getting ready for this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. And then when I smoked it, I kind of wasn't wholeheartedly paying attention to it. Um, I'm actually, if I like it and I feel like I could sell it, I, I'm I'm going to give it to a, a certain, it's going to be a special release for a certain uh, entity. Oh, so you already have a plan oh, yeah. for when it's launched. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it's not going to be a core line. No, this one's probably going to be a special release. Uh, and is that just based off of uh, personal decisions, or is that based off of, like, inventory, like, quantity? No, this particular company reached out to me, and they, because I already do business with them, and they asked me, did I want to do a core branded cigar with them? And I was like, do pigs love mud? <laughs> so, yeah, right. So, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, ironically, I actually have a sample coming in on Friday. So I can I can give you a couple of samples to check out while I'm at PCA. And then, you know, and then I'll get back and I'll check them out and see exactly, you know, more in depth about the blend. And then, you know, we'll go from there. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Because you also did Pravada's. Uh, Black History Month yeah, cigar. Yeah, uh, last year. 
Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a phenomenal cigar. Yeah, it was a good stick. How did you feel when Brian came to you to do that? How how did you feel about that? Because that no one else has done that in the industry. What did that yeah. make? What what kind of feelings were you getting from that? I was flattered. Yeah, really? extremely flattered. You know, he he likes my, my my blends, and he was just like, "Hey, man, I think it'll be a good idea." And then when he uh, and Dean came in too, so it was great to work with him because I you know I, I don't I know Dean, but I don't know him that well. Yeah, so was, Dean from Epic. Yeah, Dean. From you Epic. two work together to make yep. that. Yeah, so it was it was great, man. Uh, you know, how I, is it blending with somebody that you've never worked with before? It's it's different because um, you know Dean from my, I don't know his whole lineup, but I think he mostly deals with Dominican tobacco. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I, I really don't. I, honestly, because all your stuff is made in Nicaragua. Right, right. I I really don't care for a lot of Dominican tobacco. It just depends on the blend. So I don't smoke them a whole lot. Right. Uh, I'm mostly, majority of the time, Nicaraguan tobacco. And there's some Costa Rica stuff, like stuff from Castagli and stuff like right. that. But, and I'll smoke Dominican stuff every once in a while. I think Paul Gamarian was uh, the last, Symphony 20 was the last really good Dominican one I had. So, I mean, it was just, it was, it was cool working with him just to, just to pick his brain because he's been around way longer than me. Right. So I actually didn't want to try to, be in the forefront of it because I was like I, I want to I want to learn too you know so I had my input but I you know I just wanted to make sure that I, I learned something even though it's different type of tobacco that he deals with and but you know we compared notes and that type of thing and, yeah and it was there one specific thing. thing you learned from Dean during the whole process that you took away from you to take on um what did he tell me well he was basically like don't give up on the blend. You know, if it's not right the first time, you know, just keep working with it. It, it, it may take some aging to get the actual flavors out of there. Or, like I said, it may just be changing some aspect of the cigar to make it how I want it. Right. So that's the main takeaway I would take from it. And basically, basically what he's saying is be persistent. And, yeah, and right. don't and, and don't just scrap a blend just because you don't like it the first time. Do you feel like you were doing that more often before you started working with him? Yeah, I was. I, I would be quick to scrap one. Like, really? Yeah, like if I try twice and it didn't work, I'm like, oh, let's, let's change it. Because some so, guys, they're like, they'll do sixty. Yeah. Versions of you. That's not you. No, I'm quick to change. Yeah, I'm quick. To so change. he was trying to get you to stay with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's good advice. That's good advice, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. So you're kind of growing in that, like, oh, okay, yeah. I got to stretch this muscle yeah. that I don't always use. I like yeah. that. Very yeah. good. For the people out there, if I'm new to your brand, what is my lineup for my morning, noon, and night cigar from your line? Mm, morning, I would either smoke uh, the Sun Grown Habano or the Connecticut Woolwich. Noon maybe the Dark Warwich or the Corojo uh, El Milagro. And nighttime's Lalibella. That's a heavy smoke. Lagabella. Yeah, Lalibella. That we have sitting on the table here. Yeah, Lalibella is a heavy smoke. You got to get a, get a good meal in and then smoke that one. Otherwise, Rich. it's going to punish Yeah, it's going to punish you. If and not. what spirit are you pairing with that? That one's Larceny Small Batch. Larson's Small Batch? Yes. Mm. And what is that? Scotch, I'm no, assuming? No, it's, it's bourbon. It's bourbon. Yeah, it's a bourbon. We're going off the we're going off the Scotch training, hopping onto the bourbon train. Oh yeah, yeah. And why? Tell me why I'm pairing this stuff with this bourbon. 
Um, well, the caramel notes in the in larceny uh, brings out a lot of the it brings out the sweetness of the San Andreas wrapper because that's a San Andreas wrapper with a Nicaraguan binder and filler. Nice. Um, and they just complement each other very well. Good compliment. All yeah. right. Yeah. Because the larceny is about 94 proof, so it's not super strong, but it's got some strength to it. And then Lollibella's got some goodly hedo in there, so it's it's got some strength to it. Good. If you want to be real adventurous, you can smoke Lollibella and drink White Dog with it. And uh, you might go to bed after that one, but, you know. What's White Dog? White Dog is Buffalo Trace. And um, it's 127 proof, maybe. It's a high-proof whiskey. So... It doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't have a lot of notes as far as the, the liquor. It's, it's just strong. Oh. You know, so if you're trying to get high, <laughs> <laughs> you drink that with, with, with Lollipop. And then you're going to bed. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're going, it, it, it'll put you down. Yeah. Love it. Eric, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to see the new stuff that you got coming out. Yeah. And just in general, enjoying the stuff that you have already made. Because mm-hmm. it's a great lineup. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you all for joining us for another episode of Box Press. That's a wrap. Enjoy more cigars and keep them always protected with Boveda. Have a good one. <laughs>